Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Jesse the Plant is here. Merry Christmas to everybody. I'm starting out early. I just like that phrase, God. I got a wonderful sermon entitled The Barred Gate and the Open Door. Do you know the reason Christmas is here? Because Jesus came as the second Adam to reverse what the first Adam did. First Adam messed up bad, but the second Adam brought it all back together, and we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And that gate, my God, that open door will be open for, the, for eternity upon eternities. Call a friend, tell them to turn that television on. They're going to learn some revelation today. It's more than just Christmas. It's about who you are in Christ and where you can go. Watch this and be blessed. Would you turn to page one of the Bible, Genesis chapter one? We're going to go there. I want to talk today about the barred door or the barred gate and the open door. You can write that down. That's the title of this message. The barred gate and the open door. The first Adam caused the, uh, the a gate to be closed and the second Adam caused the door to be open. We'll give you scripture for it. We'll also tell you how Satan got in that garden and, uh, and explain to you how could he get to this and different things. So there's going to be some a little uh, revelation as well as information. And, uh, and I believe that it'll help you and minister to you and God will bless you. Now, we got to start off in... In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, I want to read, and they can put it on the, on, the, on the screen if they like. It says, in the beginning, God. No one else. No one else at all. In the beginning, God. You want to break it down? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Not evolution. Not the slime. Not the amoebas. Because none of that was there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that's a big job. Now this is the very beginning. And the earth, verse 2, was without form and void. So nothing. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord God moved upon the waters, upon the face of the waters actually. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light. So when you pray and you expect something, you ought to be able to see it. How do I know that? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Be you therefore imitators of God as dear children. A man asked me the other day, why are you so blessed? I said, I prayed, I believe, I see, I am. Because you see, when Moses asked him, what's your name? He said, I am. I is absolute. You can't get no better. No bigger, no better. I am that I am. See. So when you understand that, then Jesus takes us further. In St. John 14, he said, go do the work that I do and greater than these shall you do. Yes. Why? Because I go to my father. Hallelujah. You understand? Well, why would he go to the father? He, he had nothing to worry about. He had you. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And he had a comforter. He said, it's expedient that I go away. If I don't go, the comforter won't come. So in other words, he was getting all of the Trinity, the Godhead to come. But while they were separate, he had us because of what Jesus was doing. We're going to deal with that in a few minutes. Now, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. And he starts creating. <laughs> and let me just say this in verse 3. He said, and God said in verse 4, and God saw in verse 5, and God called in verse 6, and God said. Verse 7, and God made. Verse 8, and God called. Verse 9, and God said. 
Verse 10, and God called. My Lord. Verse 11, and God said. Verse 12, the earth brought forth. Verse 13, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse 14, and God said. Verse 16, and God made. Verse 17, and God set. My Lord, look, look at this. And verse 20, and God said. And verse 21, and God created. And verse 22, and God blessed. My Lord. And verse 24, and God said. My Lord, look how much he's saying, saying, doing. And verse 25, and God made. And verse 26, and God said. Verse 27, so God created. Verse 28, and God blessed. And verse 29, and God said. And verse 31, and God saw. Now, by the time he said, saw, made, created, everything came into existence. That was the beginning. That's when it was perfect. What perfect? The planet. Perfect. Think about that. All right. Keep that in your mind. Okay. Now, I want you to go to this scripture, Genesis chapter 3. As you're turning to Genesis chapter 3, something has happened. Well, let me go to Genesis chapter 2 first to kind of help you out here. Genesis chapter 2 starts with verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he related, he rested on the seventh, not because he was tired, but because he was finished. I like that. He rested on that seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. The Jews call it the Sabbath. All right? Because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Now everything is perfect. But something happens. Revolution. Satan, who was the son of the morning, who walked in the stones of fire, who walked in Eden, committed a sin of pride. He was lifted up. He was stamped with the glory and almost the name of God. He was a cherubim, actually an archangel on a very high decree. He was the worship angel. In other words, before you got to God, you had to get to him. He brought you into worship so you could understand who God was. That's why the three wise men traveled 1,500 miles to do what? Give him some gold, frankincense, and birth? No, to worship him. And in that process came gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit here to help you. So the Bible opens up with a story of a closed gate. This is after man has been thrown out. And it ends with a city with an ever open door. In the midst of that, gardens take place, the Garden of Eden, very related to the Garden of Gethsemane. From the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane to the Garden Tomb, three of them hooked together. God is interested in gardens. Man or mankind loves gardens. Flowers, beautiful things. I, I want you to keep that in your mind. Now, in Genesis chapter 2 here, 
it goes to, it's talking about the, the creation where God begins to create man. Now watch this. Now you got to understand, everything is out there. I mean, everything is beautiful and blessed. So I want to start reading with verse 5 of Genesis 2. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. In other words, they had some work had to be done. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, not into his mouth. That would have been CPR. He wasn't giving him CPR. He breathed into his nostrils the, and breath into his nostrils, the breath of life. And man became a living soul. If you look in, your, in, in Old King James, in, in the reference, it'll say souls, which means in that breath, in the first Adam was you. All of us. In that breath. The breath of God. When someone dies, God takes that breath of life and brings it back into him. When a baby is born, it, goes, oh, it begins to breathe. Life begins to flow and you begin to see reaction and action from that child. Notice that. Now watch this. Now, and the Lord planted... A garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. From thence it was parted and became into four heads. And you can keep reading on that if you like. But I want to get down to verse 19. Well, let me get to verse 18. The Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Why did he need a helpmeet? Why? You got to understand all the animals, all the different things. And in Genesis 1:26, I give you dominion over the, uh, the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, all that stuff here. He needs the one to help him organize that because mankind was given knowledge, speech, and reasoning, or Adam was. He needed someone on that level. The closest one to him in the animal kingdom that could kind of halfway reason and talk was the serpent. Not the serpent like you think of today. The serpent and, and all these, now you got to remember, this is on the planet Earth. So I want you to remember this, then we're going to get into this message here. So now I'm going to explain some things. Verse uh, 19 again. And out of the ground the God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto, brought them unto Adam. Now where were they? They were out of paradise. Eden was paradise. They were not allowed in there. They were out. See, Satan had already fallen. The animals were out there had not been named. God brought them through the ministry of angels. He didn't just have a voice coming from a cloud. He brought them to Adam. Why didn't he name it? Why didn't God name the animals? Why? 
because he wanted man to do so. Man is a part of creation. Man is made in the image of God, so he should be able to create. There's no gorilla creating a vaccine for COVID right now. I text mankind. Watch this. And God, out of, verse 19, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the few, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And, and Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was found, not found a help meet for him. Notice the fish didn't come. The, uh, the fish that are in the sea. This is out there in the ground. See, this is out there. The sea, he's already done that. In Genesis 1, let me read this to you, verse 26. God, uh, God said, verse 26, let us make man thy image. After our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. At the time, he already taken care of the fish. Now he's doing all the animals and all the different things. This is coming out of the planet. Outside of Eden. They were not allowed to go in there. Because Eden was specifically for mankind. He placed them there. Watch this. Let's keep reading. Let's go back to Genesis 2. He got, and in verse 20, and, got, and Adam gave names. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. See, don't sleep too much because something will change while you're sleeping. <laughs> and something really changed. He took a rib. You ready for this? And he made a virgin. Eve was the first virgin. Eve never had a mother. Think about that. Jesus never had a father. Two virgins. Virgin Mary. I'm talking about a biological father. The Virgin Mary. The Virgin Eve. Notice that. Notice how the gardens, Garden of Eden, Garden Gethsemane, the Garden Tomb. Notice this, in the beginning, she's called the mother of all living, virgin. She's never had a mother, she's created. Jesus never had a biological father. He came from a virgin. Notice God's plan. Everything is pure. Are y'all getting it? Y'all liking this? I can see y'all like it. I never thought of that. Okay, I, I, I want to set this precipice so you can understand what I'm talking about. I think that's the right word. I got the precipice. She don't know. <laughs> we'll coin it if it is. <laughs> I want to read verse 8 of Genesis 2. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Didn't put the animals. They were outside. Now, when the fall came, who did Adam talk to more than any of animals? The serpent. How did the devil get to the serpent? Serpent was outside the garden. Satan was in there talking to him. Because Satan was angry that God had judged him and made him lower than the animals. I, I said that last week. Now, the reason why I'm saying all this, walk with me, camera. I told you here at this wonderful nativity, this is the beginning of the end. This is the reason why we have church today. The reason why we have, we have may have lost the garden, but we gained the heaven. 
to put back everything because all of us are going back to Eden. Somebody shout, somebody. First Adam got us out. Second Adam got us in. It's done through the two virgins. Three gardens. All interconnected. Eve don't have a mama. Jesus don't have a daddy in terms of biological. She don't have a biological mama. That's why God is called the breasty one. He is Eve's father, mother and father. I can't figure that out, but that's what God did. Okay. God likes gardens. Why did he come walking in the garden? Why did he allow them to hear his footsteps? Because he's spirit. Spirit doesn't make footsteps. Spirit is just there. Time to repent. Adam, where art thou? Boom, boom, boom. Okay? Watch this. They never repented. The serpent could not repent because, you see, the serpent would go in and out or Adam would go out. And Satan noticed that he talked to him. So he began to move upon the snake to cause. Notice he didn't go to Adam. Now, ladies, don't get mad at me. This is not being prejudiced. Adam was too strong. Have you noticed that God never even spoke to Eve? Because he cut the covenant with Adam. Not that Adam's better. Because he created. Then he said, Adam needs some help. Because he can't figure out what to do with all these animals. But a woman can do anything. Shout, ladies, I just, I just lifted you back up. Wasn't that it's a bad thing? It would happen was he needed to help me. The serpent couldn't do it. The cattle couldn't do it. So God created a helpmeet. And yet he actually called her Adam. So she was on the same level, but the difference was when God spoke, he spoke to Adam. That's why Satan didn't talk to Adam. He talked to Eve. She was the mother of the beginning of the senses. She began to look at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It doesn't say that Adam looked at it. Senses begin to take. See, all of a sudden her soul is becoming activated, her mind, her will, and her motion. Satan knows that. Why? Because of the serpent. So actually, Satan didn't get into, into the garden per se. He got in, he, he moved upon the serpent to speak for him. And that's why the serpent was cursed, and Satan was already cursed and destroyed. See what I'm saying? And God said, you're going to eat dust all the days of your life. Now, why dust? Because from dust you came, dust you're going back. Oh, the reason for you cannot destroy a body completely. It winds up being dust. And God's going to call that dust back and create another body. Amen. But it'll be spiritual. You'll have liquid God flowing through your veins instead of blood. Lord Jesus, think about that. You know, that's so powerful, ladies and gentlemen. We get a new glorified body. Now, why? Why, why, why do we need that? The first, the first Adam got us thrown out the garden. Just wham. 
And Jesus, the second Adam, came to bring us into the city with an ever-open door. Think about that. Oh, and that's going to be just so wonderful. That's the reason for Christmas. And thank God for Christmas, for the virgin birth of Christ, because without that, we wouldn't have had a chance. I mean, we can come boldly to the throne of grace now because of what Jesus did. God put himself in the form of a baby. Isn't that something? And he did it so wonderful. Now, we got thrown out that first garden. You notice know, how much God loves gardens? The Garden of Eden, the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden Tomb. I mean, the Lord likes gardens. You know why? Gardens show you life. Things are growing in gardens in every which way, shape, and form. You don't see dead things unless they just die, and you remove all the dead stuff. See what I'm saying? Because a garden is something that you enjoy. It makes you relax. Think about that for a minute. I'll never forget the first time I went to the United Kingdom. Boy, England's got some beautiful gardens, man. Some of these beautiful homes, how they do that. It's just such an amazing thing to see. And see, this, this sermon today is like a garden. It will help you. And I hope today's message is encouraging you. Jesus came to give the best gift to the Father. And you know what that was? You. Father helped people to understand this revelation, that we're the gift that Jesus presented to the Father. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus loved us so much and the Father loved us so much that he brought us back into the right relationship in Jesus' name. Oh, that's such a blessing of the Lord. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. If you ever get a chance doing the Christmas, walk around, go outside a little bit and just let them, if you're in a cold air, that crisp air just touch you and just bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Stay right there. I'll be back in just a moment to speak a few things to you, show you some things that are happening here, right here at JDM. We've been to Australia, we've been to Europe, just preaching the gospel everywhere. Just, just going all preaching the gospel. Jesus! And how can they hear lest they have a preacher? the world forget the words of God. And the only way they're going to do that is with voices and people like me and you. That's why I'm on television all the time. That's why I'm trying to get as much television time as I can. Not so many more people can see who I am, but I am interested in building God's kingdom to such a degree that the world will see who he really is. Come on, it's time. to experience the Christmas story like never before? In his book, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Jesse Duplantis delivers an insightful, fresh look at the manger and beyond. You'll be inspired to have a higher life of faith as he explores the mysterious ways God moves. Get ready to elevate your character with the characters of Christmas. The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Uncommon Lessons from the Christmas Story. Order your copy at JDM.org today. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you get this book that we're offering this month. It's entitled The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I talk about the different characters of the Christmas story. Think about that Caesar Augustus, the unconscious obedience of an unbeliever that's in this book. This is revelation. It's not the usual Christmas story stuff. It will bless you. It'll make a great Christmas gift, too. Go to JDM.org to order them, and you will be blessed. Get one for your friend. I'm telling you, it will minister greatly to you. The most wonderful time of the year. Partners, I can't thank you enough for what you do for this ministry. And all these years of ministry, I've said it so many thousands of times. We've never had a financial deficit. Over 46 years of preaching the gospel. Because I trust you, you trust me, we both trust God, and it just gets done. We are reaching people, changing lives one soul at a time. Every dollar you send goes into world evangelism. You've heard me say it so many times. Been debt free since 1982. Have no concept of debt. Not one dime of your money ever in this ministry went to pay interest to something, to some bank or some lending institution. Isn't God good? So thank you for being a partner today. The more you sin, the more people we get born again. That's right. I wish it was free. I just wish we could go to the world for free, but it's not. So that's all right. We'll pay the price because Jesus said go to the world and preach the gospel every every creature. That means everybody, 7.8 billion people on the planet. And we're endeavoring to do such a thing. Isn't that amazing? So thank you for your faithful financial support. Think about giving Jesus a Christmas gift. He gives you a Christmas gift. Think about that. And that's a donation to his work. And that's what it's all about. Thank you very much, partner. I, I, we pray for you every day. There'll never be a day go by that me and Kathy don't pray for you. And I mean that sincerely. Don't miss next week. Part two of the barred gate and the open door coming. I'll tell you, it will bless you. It will minister life to you. Revelation will come to you. Thank you, partners, for being so kind to us. Merry Christmas. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, our December partner offers the bar gate and the open door. The open door has the power to recreate and restore the closed gates that shut you out. As you watch this revelatory message, you will discover how you may have a lost garden who we have gained a home in heaven. Order your copy today at jdm.org. Did you know angels are real and many of them are here today? God's Word is full of supernatural experiences by people just like you and me. My new book, The Hidden Help, I share a few of those biblical stories and some of my own personal experiences with angelic beings. Remember, this world isn't all there is. You are unique in God's creation and The Hidden Help is always here for you. Order your copy today at jdm.org. Be encouraged with godly insight and wisdom as you stream the Jesse Duplantis Ministries podcast. Jesus said, whom the Son is set free is free indeed. You come boldly to the throne of grace. Each newly uploaded teaching by Jesse and Kathy will strengthen your faith and inspire you to live a prosperous life in Jesus Christ. Start walking in victory with just a click of a button. 
Subscribe to the JDM Podcast today. See, what lies between the barred gate of Genesis and the open door of Revelation is what, Brother Jesse? The life, work, and death of Jesus Christ. What's between them two gates is the work of Jesus, the life of Jesus, and the death of Jesus, or Christmas.